You're listening to episode number 220 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon and Caesars Entertainment. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Or you can give us money by donating via PayPal. A link to that is also available at the 360vegaspodcast.com website. Warning. The hosts enjoy doing this show, and as a result, laugh a lot. If you don't like that, don't listen. We don't care. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? I want to gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how long that's going to make me laugh, but I like it. <laughs> well, and the best part is I always try to find a different way to say it every time. Right. Good. It's enjoyable. enjoyable. It is enjoyable. It is enjoyable. So one of us is missing this week. Yes, Karen is... She, she's she's uh, important, and she was on business, and uh, unfortunately, one of the downfalls or, or, or fallbacks or whatever the fucking word I'm looking for is, well, one, one of the negatives about living in Memphis is there aren't a whole lot of direct flights, so she she did her business, and, well, that sounded weird. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> she's in the toilet right now. <laughs> she ate some bad Mexican. <laughs> she is en route home. Uh, from Kansas City, however, there is no direct flight, so it's going to be a while. So it's just you and I, and I think we needed some some bro time. It's been a while. You know, to be real honest with you, I thought after last week's podcast where she just couldn't wrap her head around the concept of stadium gaming, you finally realized what we were working with, and you cut the dead weight, but, <laughs> but no, that's not... That's not what it was. I've gotten more feedback about that. Like, either people trying to explain it or people like, oh, my God, will you go on? Like, one, we were fucking drunk. Two, she doesn't care. She's drunk, and she wanted to argue about it. I mean, she she slightly cared because she carried it on. But I, I promise you, as I was editing that show, that was the hardest thing for me to to let go like i wanted to cut a lot of that out but i was like you know what you know what's gonna end up happening is i'll cut it and people are like oh my god that conversation was so good and then they're i don't know so i was like fuck it i'm leaving it in it, it just got to the point where i'm like i can either spend another fucking half an hour cutting this all up so it's so i think it's tolerable i can just let it go and if you don't like it fast forward okay Right. Yeah. Or, or you can tweet me eight fucking thousand times and tell me you don't like it because that's that's as enjoyable yeah, no kidding. I, I couldn't help but notice. I'm like, damn, people are really invested in this conversation. It is funny how it's one of the interesting things about social media is how 
people have that kind of direct contact, especially with us, because we like to kind of engage with you. So they have that direct contact with you. And the idea of listening to what it is that we've done and then immediately responding to us, like going, oh, yeah, that thing that happened, you know, a couple days ago. Oh, that's you're going to have to remind me because I don't exactly remember what we did. But so there you go. I think that is the one crazy thing about social media is that you're, you really aren't doing this show in a vacuum. And I know I've talked about this before, particularly right after every 360 Vegas vacation where people will say, yeah, when you and Mark were joking about, and, and you're right, you kind of have to go back and think about what what was talked about because you're not doing it in a vacuum. There are people that listen to this stuff right. and, it, and it resonates with them. They find it funny. They find it stupid. They find it whatever, you know, they feel about it. And then they talk to you about it and you're like, okay, hey, hang on. I, I got to go back in time and it's just, it's a surreal feeling is what it is. Well, it's also funny because a lot of times, like if, if you, if you tell us these stories, we have these conversations and then we are like, yeah, I don't remember that. Like people start to think, man, you're just smashed all the time. It's like, no, I just don't remember every single thing that I've done. <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll start to tell it to me, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. I remember that. I remember that now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Listeners, please understand that if it takes a second for us at, at one of the 360 Vegas vacations to remember a story that resonated with you and you want to share that experience of, of what you enjoyed from it, you got to remember a number of things. Number one, you are remembering a conversation out of... 52 podcasts if we do one every single week right. or, or some <laughs> derivative thereof, right? Right, right? Number two, we are usually somewhat in the bag right. when we're podcasting these. And number three, I guarantee you we're in the bag at the time we're having this conversation with you in Las Vegas. Well, and it's so, also like it's it's kind of dizzying at that because you're constantly trying to interact with everybody. So it's it's if, if you aren't interacting with somebody or, or you are just kind of I mean, it's very ADD being at a, I mean, being me or you, or I would imagine Karen to an extent, but I, I very much seen it in you before where you're, you're sitting there and you're interacting and you're kind you're, you'll kind of catch the eye of somebody like, oh shit, I haven't talked to that person at all. I have to go talk to that person. You know, so you're just constantly multitasking. So there, there are a lot of things going on that, I mean, they're all enjoyable, but it's, it is a bit dizzying to, uh, to, to, to. I, I guess orchestrate all that that thing, and and I couldn't be more excited that we're going to get to go through all of that in just a scant four months. I know, right? So it's it's it's, it's coming upon us. It is. Yeah. But anyway, listen. Why don't we get started with the show? Yeah. He's Mark. I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. Downtown Fremont Street was permanently closed to automobile traffic on September seventh, nineteen ninety four, in anticipation of the Fremont Street experience. We got that from SinCityTalk.com. It's so weird to me that that used to have cars on it. It Well, it is, I agree. Our buddy Ted Newkirk from Access Vegas sent me a fascinating article this week that was granted the, the person that was doing the interview was Robin Leach, but he was interviewing this one particular architectural firm in Las Vegas who apparently was involved, I, I guess their dad was involved in building some of the buildings that are on the strip currently, mm -hmm. and now th these children are, are grown adults and they're getting ready to you know hit their retirement age to pass on then to their children, but part of the conversation that they had had with Robin Leach was they think in within 15 years, so one five, within 15 years from now, they think that the strip 
will be closed off to automobile traffic. I could see it. It's been talked about before because the I, the real question is, is it more of a benefit to allow traffic through there or not? And and, and as you've seen with New Year's, it's you know they're like no 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 but no cars. You're just, we're fucking shutting this shit down. We're we're just gonna let it happen. So. I could see it, especially as public transportation becomes the more predominant way to get around. I think 15 years might be a bit um, wishful thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could definitely see that in in the pipeline. The, the problem is right now is is automobiles are far too whether it be cabs or Uber, or fucking personal cars are far too predominant right now. Even right now, they're testing out driverless cars, but they're still cars is the problem. Mm -hmm. So you would really have to figure out how to get the monorail or some other version of public transportation to be the predominant means of getting around that area for it to, to, because it's just too fucking long. I mean, like you think of the areas that are closed off, like you've been to Beale Street, you've been to, uh, I don't know if you've been to Bourbon Street before, but Fremont Street, These these are three or four blocks worth of area that are closed off to traffic. That's fucking miles closed yeah. off to traffic. So yeah, that's true. I agree. No, very fair point. And on the one hand, there's a part of me that thinks that it would be great for the things that are on the other side of the strip. I I know that on I think it's the I think it's the east. Excuse me, the west side of the strip. I think is is the highway. But on the east side, I believe it's Coval that runs parallel to the strip. Yeah. There's a part of me that wants to say I think really great things would build up on Koval because now you've got Koval being the main uh, thoroughfare for the vehicles since oh, the strip yeah. is closed off. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. hang on. My drop my 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 however to that comment is that hasn't necessarily happened per se downtown with the Fremont Street ha- right. you know being closed off. Well, also- it's not like we've seen things pop up there other than maybe those one or two one-off places. Also think about what you would lose. The dri- I mean, we don't do it often, but the drive down Las Vegas. Oh, Park, yeah. Oh, it's Gorgeous. amazing. I mean, I imagine yeah. it's it's it would be pretty cool to, to drive down Fremont Street. I mean, it's not an experience that we'll get to have, but right. I, I can't imagine. I, I remember the first time I ever did that. It was just, it's, it's, it's an experience. If you've never sure. done it, you, you must do it. It's really cool. I agree. I agree. How about this week's Twit Pick of the Week? All right. This, to me, as if it wasn't already, confirms that the Vegas skyline is the coolest on the planet. It also epitomizes just how awesome it would be to live in Vegas. As you gaze past all the standard types of buildings and high-rises in the skyline, you see a fucking pyramid with a beam that stretches into the sky. Oh, and just off to the right, you've got a medieval castle. I think what properties like Aria and Bally's and the soon-to-be Park MGM don't get is there is nothing memorable about them. Now, sure, they may be cool for those who already love the city, but they aren't making people go, I have to see this. They aren't the kind of things that you dream about, the kind of things that that create a, a mythological atmosphere all around you like Caesars and Paris and Luxor do and the likes. If you think Vegas would be as popular as it is today if they offered everything they do now in standard buildings like Wynn, Bellagio, and, well, I guess to a lesser extent Bellagio, but like, you know, Wynn and Flamingo, just nice buildings, you're kidding yourself. If that's the case, 
then why were they struggling when Atlantic City opened and didn't reclaim their position as the number one gambling market in the Western Hemisphere until the Mirage was open? At Scott Swigert's picture, shared by at Las Vegas Locally, shows us, even if only subconsciously, you know themes are what make Vegas special because when you look at this picture, your eyes instinctively move past all the other buildings, not as awe-inspiring as the themed exteriors of Luxor, Excalibur, and to a lesser extent, MGM and Mandalay. That's not saying all the properties should be themes, but be aware, when you start talking about de-theming and kick around the idea of doing that to Excalibur, know that what you're talking about doing is taking everything that is special about Vegas and making it like every place else. That was probably one of the best twit pick write-ups that you have done. And you've done some really great write-ups, but this encapsulates beautifully what the draw to Las Vegas has been for so long. And I think it's even something that you tap into a little bit in the Ocean's Eleven extras that come along with the DVD. And one of them is is an interview with Anthony Curtis. You know, Anthony Curtis has said time and time again that these themed hotel casinos really are the celebrities of Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. You can put Celine Dion in a Colise- in the Coliseum to do a show, and you're going to go see her. She's a celebrity. But at the end of the day, what's drawing you there is you want to check out Caesar's Palace. You want to see a pyramid or Paris in a desert. Those are the things that really draw us to Vegas. And you say, I think what properties like Aria, Bally's, and the soon-to-be Park MGM don't get is that there's nothing memorable about them. Mm -hmm. And you're spot on. You also later on said in here that it just becomes like any other city. And you're so spot on. You can go to Seattle or you can go to, uh, and I'm picking Seattle because of the Space Needle, and you can go to uh, St. Louis where they've got the arch. But outside, if you were to remove the arch or the Space Needle, these cities look like any other city. Oh my God, what a great point of reference, Tony. What a great point of reference. Because I'm not saying buildings like Aria aren't beautiful or or, or Wynn or whatever, but you're absolutely right. Take away the special things like the arch, like the, the Seattle Space Needle, which is basically what Luxor and Excalibur and Caesar's Palace are. So take those away and they look like any other city. Yep. I agree. So very well written. This picture is gorgeous. It's almost, in my opinion, a, a, my idea of what I, how I see Las Vegas. It's this tunnel vision. When you're right. looking at this picture, <laughs> right. all you can focus in on is that pyramid. You get to see that the uh, the Excalibur. It's just it's tunnel vision, and it's you focus out all of the other stuff that you don't care about, and you focus in on what it is that when you think when somebody says the city of Las Vegas, you think of Luxor and you think of Excalibur, and you get that mind's eye. Right. That's exactly what this picture looks well, like. Karen always laughs because when and not saying that I don't think Christina is important, but only I or only somebody that loves Vegas so much when she gave us the the infamous Twit Pick of the Week winner with her real fans pose nude i was the vegas nerd that i am looking everywhere but the nude woman in front of me at all the things <laughs> right. like look at the way that she's captured here and the way she's looking it's almost like she's looking towards the future with this I was like going 
there's a naked woman in front of you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I'm like, oh, she's hot, but look at that skyline. Oh, Damn, what what tower do you think she was in to be able to get that picture? <laughs> I'm, pull, I'm pulling up like fucking Google Maps. I'm trying to figure out where the hell she's exactly. Let me see. If you look at the angle here, it's got to be right. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Oh, my God. We are such dorks. All right. Listen, as always, we will link to the photo on our blog and feature it on all of our uh, social media outlets such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Google Plus and Twitter. Let's move into the news. First up and this speaking of speaking of our Christina, great. It little bit of information we should share with our listeners. There's an Uber cautionary tale here. Yes, Karen has mentioned on the show before that Uber seems sketchy for women. Now, resident ambassador of the show and dear friend Christina, a.k.a. at Raising Las Vegas, had her first frightening Uber experience Wednesday night. She was drunk on absinthe, which, well done, that's... That in and of itself is is a dangerous proposition. Good for her. But uh, she was drunk on absinthe and alone in the Uber pickup area at Aria. FYI, the Uber pickup area at Aria is at the north entrance in the back of the building all the way at the end out of sight of any of the employees. So already a sketchy place. Now, while waiting, some guy parked and tried to convince her that he was her driver and tried to get her to get into his car. But there was one obvious problem that stopped her. Her Uber app said that her driver was female. So she refused, but the situation was troubling, not just for her, but imagining if she had been more drunk than she was, or even if the driver on the app was supposed to be a male. Odds are she would have believed him. On top of that, what about those not as observant as Christina? Not just alcohol level, but just trusting people on vacation late at night. How many people had that guy successfully pulled this scam off on? We, of course, don't consider this to be an Uber issue or ride-sharing danger in general, but want to share a few safety measures to make sure the evil hiding in the shadows doesn't take advantage of any of you. First off, the app is going to tell you several things, not only to help you identify your ride, but for your safety. First, you can watch your driver via VPN. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one. Is that uh, vaginal uh, right. <laughs> positioning? You can watch your driver via GPS live so you can see how far they are from your location. Second, you are told what car they will be driving, the color of the vehicle, the sex and name of your driver, as well as the license plate on the vehicle. And if you still aren't convinced, the app gives the driver your name and phone number. In fact, In most cases, the first thing the driver will say to you is ask you your name. And if they can't do that, well, have them call you to prove that they're your driver if, you know, I'm in the worst case scenario. Now, we are still huge supporters of Uber, Lyft, and ride sharing. But again, don't ever forget that there are monsters out there lurking, looking to find any fucking opportunity to take advantage of any situation. And if you encounter any of these creeps, um, be safe about this. And once you're in a safe place, I would encourage you to call the police. That, that's so fucking disturbing, right? That is that is absolutely frightening. Absolutely frightening because it is only a matter of time. I mean, I think you were being generous. I think you were, you were giving the benefit of the doubt when you say that how many people had this guy successfully pulled this scam on. 
I mean, I think a scam, at least the way it fr it's phrased here, is that they ended up paying him in cash because he's going to say that maybe the, the website didn't work. But at a, in a very real sense, my biggest fear is somebody just disappeared. I mean, oh, we I they, they're never heard from again. All right, then my intent didn't come through because when I said scam, I thought rape and or murder. It, right, it's, it's sure. exactly what uh, I was thinking. Like, what kind of monster even attempts yeah. to, 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 to say that to a stranger? I mean, and, and yeah. let's be honest, I don't believe that they would do it to a guy. I mean, that's the creepy part, is that these fucking monsters realize she's just one girl, she's relatively small, yeah. in, a, in a dark area, who's going to fucking know? It's Las Vegas. That's terrifying. Yeah. It, 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 it very much is terrifying, and I'm elated that she is safe and that she's okay and that it didn't – I just – you know what? I'm glad we're talking about it because even if one person is that much more attentive – because, I'll, I mean, I know I've said this many a time, and I'll say it yet again. As a guy, there are just so many things that I don't have to think about or worry about. I know. And – I know I've said it on the show and I've said it on the Vice Lounge podcast. Part of the reason why my wife loves Bally's Casino as much as she does is because it's one big rectangle. Right. And she can see exactly where the security desk is. She can see where front desk is. She can right. see where the elevators are. She can see where our bathroom is. All from just about any advantage, you know, any vantage point on the casino floor at, at, at Bally's. Yeah. And that's just something that had never, ever crossed my mind before right. that you need to be concerned about your well-being so you know exactly... If there's a problem, if I need help, where's the closest place that would be a likely safe right. place for me to be? And that's just, Christine, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry that happened to you. How scary that must have been. But well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, so. it's almost like women have to deal with with the the bully concept their entire lives. Because I'm not saying that women can't handle themselves if they're in a situation like that. But what I am saying is, this, is it seems like there are more people and maybe it's because sheer numbers you know just the idea of odds are a guy could probably overpower a woman or or whatever i mean at least that's that's the thinking so it's almost like a girl is going to get challenged more in those situations than you know a, a guy would in, in a situation because you've got to look at it like going, i don't know could i take this guy or would i want to take this guy whereas god i i'm i'm ashamed of our sex we're fucking yeah no, I agree. I, 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 I agree a hundred percent. I, this could have gone very, very badly. And I'm just, I'm anyway, I'll move on. Uh, so tell me about the milk bar opening up at cosmopolitan. So milk bar, I, I was barely interested in this before I even read this story, but they recently <laughs> right. opened at cosmopolitan, just the name. You're like, I don't understand why I'm going for fucking milk in Vegas, but whatever. Anyway, they recently opened at Cosmopolitan, and based on several people whose opinion we only slightly regard as credible, are reporting the hype is not to be believed. Not that there is anything wrong with the place, but if you're looking for a unique experience, that's exactly what it's missing. Replace that with familiar dairy treats at a cost right around what the fuck. Milk Bar does have several locations around North America, if that means anything to you. Vital Vegas did a much more in-depth blah review uh, for those of you looking for more reasons to be unimpressed, I, see to me, there are things that I get about high end. There are things that that I understand. Oh, I, I like buying expensive as fuck shoes. I've stayed in nice places. I've had really expensive, delicious steaks. But there are certain things like ice cream and cookies and and milk 
milkshakes or something like, like there's just a certain threshold like on okay you should never pay more than this or you know this is never go like things like flip-flops or gum like there are just certain things that there there's no such thing as high-end or there's there's a, a very limit to their high-end I, I just I don't know it seems dumb to me it it does seem silly and uh, I, while I well I can I say to you by the way now, granted, and I know Karen says to you what my wife says to me, which is in our head, we, we glamorize our memories of Vegas after we've come home because we, you know, we miss it. Right. But I got to tell you, man, the more I think back on my time, it, the Cosmo, not just the buffet time, but the, the gambling time, the more I really am looking forward to the 360 Vegas vacation for events that are being held at Cosmo. Yeah. I, I don't know that I'll inherently make my, try to make my way to milk bar to have a beverage there, but I, I, I would at least be interested to walk up to it and, and check out and see what sort of adult beverages I might be able to afford myself while I'm there. Right. So I, I, I'll, I will concede this story in and of itself doesn't interest me, but the fact that it's a Cosmo, I'm, uh, I'm going to be open to it. I'm going to be open to it. Uh, and, and I I'm can appreciate to... that. There are, there are things that, that I also romanticize and have to go to. Like I, I adore Earl the Sandwich and I know they have other places, but you know, I'm like, oh, you get some Earl Sandwich. I'm like it's a fucking sandwich <laughs> shop. Like it's Earl Sandwich. Yeah. And it's and it is that it's in Vegas that means so much to me. And I, I don't. So I do get where you're coming from with this, but I still don't really give a shit about that far. You know what I do give a shit about? I loves me some Parasol Up, do and that's really? been uh, reopened. All right. Well, Eater Vegas is reporting that Parasol Up Lounge at Wynn has finished its million-dollar makeover so radical that the resort's website doesn't mention them and still shows <laughs> images of the old color scheme and layout. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, we were going to spend a million dollars updating this, but the, but the photographer we keep on staff, nah, nah we're not even going to send him down there to do anything. <laughs> I, I, see, I like to imagine that they gave them updated pictures to the website people, and then they just kind of went like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know which one is the new one. Just leave the ones you got on there. I think they're the same thing. I think that's that's fantastic. Or they're like, shit. I don't remember the password to our WordPress site. Shit. <laughs> hell is that? So up next, throw some fuck you money at Paracel Down and see if anyone notices. And as they do so well, those of you who enjoy subtle elegance, Eater Vegas has the details. No word exactly when Paracel Down will close or for how long the renovations will take. Are you really a fan of Paracel Up? Yeah, yeah, I really am. I I am an unnecessary fanboy of the win, and I'll tell you that reasoning has only kicked in within the last trip, this last 360 Vegas vacation trip, okay. because Jeff, my stepbrother-in-law, had never been to Vegas before, and because I was going to go do an interview with uh, one of the grand poobahs of uh, the Davidoff cigar line out in Las Vegas, which is across the street from Wynn. It, it sits out, out front of the fashion show mall. We took an Uber to Wynn to walk through it just to check it all out. And I mean, the property is just so fucking gorgeous. And I think to myself, I long for the day when I can afford to be here and they don't look at me as a, you know, looky-loo. <laughs> and I can be like, no, look, here's my room key. I really right. do belong here. Look. <laughs> See, I've always been a bigger fan of Encore. I know some people are like, they're the same thing. I, I think they're different. I think 
the subtle differences between the two of them, I don't know, there's something about Encore that appeal, uh, appeals to me more, but they are both beautiful. Something that has zero appeal to me is this next story, <laughs> which is that the Raiders file for relocation. As prophesized and expected, the Raiders have filed official paperwork to relocate to Las Vegas. Again, all sources close to the NFL and the team say that this is a formality. The team is coming to Vegas. The vote to approve could be moved up, but will not. It'll more than likely uh, happen after the Super Bowl and at the NFL owners meeting at the end of March. The team will continue to play in Oakland until the stadium construction in Vegas is complete in 2020. However, preseason games will be played at Sam Boyd Stadium. Oh, how fucking brutal is that? They're like on, you've lost your team. Enjoy them for three more years. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> I know exactly right. Oh my God, that that would seriously. You know what that's like? That would be like one of our spouses coming and being like, "I'm filing for divorce." Right. In three years in three from years. now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna start having sex with other people and doing stuff. Yep. We're gonna keep yeah, living together and and cohabitate, like all this stuff. We're gonna keep paying bills together. Like, what? I don't. <laughs> what's but, yeah, but there's gonna be some preseason going on. Right? My new boyfriend's right, exactly. back. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to move on. Is what I'm gonna do. Oh. Oh, God, that's awesome. <laughs> now, unarguably the best owner in sports franchise history, Pittsburgh Steeler owner Art Rooney II, or you know, at least the son of the greatest owner, he has said the deal is ready to move forward with or without Sheldon Adelson. That makes me smile. I'm sorry that Kieran is not here to be able to engage with you. I'm sure you two would love to wax poetic about this. Uh, I, I got nothing to add. I'm sorry. Actually, no. I think most of this was was matter of fact and, and sarcasm. But even that is lost on you when it comes to sports. I, I, th I throw the word sports in there, and then you just get, you're like, what? No. I'm not going to lie. I read every single bullet point that you put in the notes that you send me, and I got to Raiders file for relocation, and I hopped down to the next bullet point. <laughs> Fair enough. Which is, and this one I can engage with you on, Sammy Davis, the movie. In news I didn't give a shit about until I actually read this story, Lionel Richie has won the rights to make a biopic about Sammy Davis Jr. He's been trying for about 27 years, or basically as soon as Sammy died in 1990. However, legal battles over the estate and intellectual property by his would-be heirs dragged the process out. The movie is said to be based off of the biography written by Sammy, along with help from his wife and author, Burr Boyer. I always make those things, so whatever. That's not what you show up for this show for. Anyways, the name of the book is Yes, I Can. It was released back in 2012. Of course, there is no word when any of this will move forward or be on the stage known so vaguely as pre-production. This story sounds fascinating to me tony i literally bought the book the second i was done reading oh, this article damn you did you really because yes. i was just gonna say i can't wait to order this book how is it oh well i haven't read it yet i i just i i bought i mean i've only read a few pages of it but so far it's it's as you would imagine it would be like even even the prologue you're like holy shit like it exactly what you would hope for in the prologue you know like, like two three pages worth of stuff like going it he dives right into 
I'm in Vegas and and they're treating me great. And a few years ago, they were like, you have to go stay in the uh, in the shack out back. Get out of here. You know, after I just you know performed to a sold out audience. It's oh yeah. So, and that's the thing that's exciting uh, to me about this is, you know, this is a black man who was loved by white America, drew huge crowds to Vegas. I mean, he performed with the with the Will Maston Trio at the El Rancho shortly after it opened and was a yeah. huge draw in, in at properties for 20 years before he was allowed to spend a night in one of those rooms. I mean, yeah. this, this movie has a chance to be something really special, even though I'm sure Vegas will be a, a small part of, of the overall story. But, yeah, I, I, am, I literally bought the iBook as, as soon as I was done reading the article on this, and... Um, I'm looking forward to reading more of this. This is this is far more fascinating than I ever. It's just one of those things. So many things. Like obviously, I knew about Sammy Davis Jr. I knew about a lot of the history involved in it, and there was just something that needed to click. Just the idea of his story being told, this book written, you know, that's going to be used as a point of reference. Like, oh shit, oh my god, this story. It just all clicked. I, now I want to read the story. I want to know this immediately. That's cool. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Now that I, you know, it's interesting. You you have the line in here that says the movie is said to be based off of the biography written by Sammy, along with help from his wife that was released in 2012. Yet the poor guy died in 1990. What was she doing for 22 years between 1990 and 2012 when the book finally was released? Uh, just just yeah. a hypothetical. I no, mean, no, it I, matter. I, He's I, dead, I don't know. So. I, I can imagine that he had written, you know, a, a portion of it. Like, I, I like to always think back to, and here's the nerd in me, the, the son of, uh, of Tolkien, the guy that does all the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, stuff like that. Like, they put out books, you know, post-death, post-his-death, uh, and um, post-humus. What is, what is the word I'm looking for? Post yeah, I think posthumously, posthumously is probably the There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Anyway. So they put books out, and it, it takes a while to piece all that together. And the only thing I can think is that they were, like, the stories were there, but they weren't complete, and, and it took long enough between all the lawsuit bullshit and the the actually getting getting it right, basically, you know, trying to find out. Because I imagine there's a lot of shit that only this guy went through. So how do you how do you end up uh, getting that story properly, properly told? So I don't know. I'm yeah. just speculating as well. No, no, no. You make you make really good points because when he died, he probably took a lot of stories with him that depending on where they were in the book, he may just not have gotten down on paper yet. Right. And so now all of a sudden you've got a Dr. Dave situation with Grandissimo where he's got to run around right. and try to get people that are still alive to share these stories yep. as opposed to if Jay Sarno was still around, he could have gone you know straight to the source. Right, so, exactly. Or Jay Sarno could have written the book. So, right. no, this is... I, Oh, I can't wait for all of this. All of this should be absolutely phenomenal. And and thank you. I will get on Amazon. I, I got to concede, this is the grandpa in me coming out. I still like to read from actual bound books. Jen is completely converted. She is a 100% convert to uh, books on, on iPad. Loves them, won't, refuses at this point to buy anything from Barnes & Noble. I love holding the book in my hand. I love that feeling of 
progress you make as you flip the page and you can say, okay, I started and I was this thickness, you know, <laughs> through the book. And now I'm this thickness through the book. It's just, it's one of those things where, plus I kind of like to brag about the books that I've read. I'm like, ooh, see my collection, see this library of books that I've read. What am I supposed to do? Hand on my iPad and say, flip through that and see what I've read? <laughs> You've seen my office. Mine is a large collection of, of hard books or hardbound books too. I, I'm not I'm not a giant fan of paperback. So I, I share that with you, but there, there are some cases where I don't know. I just love, like, you know, you're in a situation, like, just a situation you weren't expecting, and you're like, oh, fuck, I, I, I'm still reading that book. Yeah. I just just pick yeah. up wherever your is yours. So I, I live in that in that world where I do also want the trophies, and I want the convenience of being able to read wherever it is I want. That's a great word, trophy, because that's exactly how yeah. I consider <laughs> books that I've read. Because I'm like, hey, I've read a book. Look at this. You've <laughs> seen got my proof. office, dude. I literally have shelves that go, you see all those? Read those. Yeah, exactly. And, and and look at the look at the binding. It's broken. See, you yeah. it's broken. You can see where I actually like open the book up nice and wide to read. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So there's uh, an update as it relates to uh, Keith Sweat's residency. It didn't take but one show to convince the people at Scissors Entertainment that an extended Keith Sweat residency at the Flamingo would work, making my dream of seeing the man in Vegas closer to becoming a reality. Keith has some overseas dates already scheduled, but confirmed that this was a test run to see if it would work. It did, and he can't wait to come back. Opening night featured special guest performances by Eric B. of Eric B. and Rakim fame, Eddie Levert, as well as very moist conditions. As details are announced, we will be sure to share them, and also I may have to look for someone to come with me because my wife does not share the same affinity <laughs> that I have for late 80s to 90s R&B and hip-hop. So <laughs> I don't want to be the one guy in the audience at a key yeah, sweat. That's party. awesome with this little lighter <laughs> holding up in the air. <laughs> because I, I assume people that are going to see this guy aren't using the flashlight device on their cell phone. They're still old school waiting for that bick to blow up in their hand. He, he is an R&B sex pot. Basically, all of his songs are about how much better he will treat you and how much better he will have sex with you. So he's, he's Keith Sweat's having, having making babies music is, is Keith Sweat. In fairness, my adult friend finder profile said the exact same thing. So <laughs> I, it just... It never <laughs> Well, I guess that's going to do it. Let's move on to prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, a federal judge approved the Caesars Entertainment plan to reorganize their debt by shifting $10 billion of it to a subsidiary, subsidiary known as Caesars Entertainment Operating Corporation or, or company. I'm not sure what CO. Yeah, I don't remember. Traditionally, it's company, but whatever. But Here's the best part. Just so that we're completely aware, this company that's being created at this exact moment is now $10 billion in the hole. It's just so crazy. Because this is common. This is happening all over the place. As a matter of fact, Crown just did something similar to it. Packers uh, company. It is, they just like going, well, this is the expansion company and this is the operation company. So you can make, you know, uh, you've got, you know, the, their core business going, no, 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 look, we're, we're healthy. We're a good company. And then the company over here that expands, well, we expect that to carry a big debt load. Like, what the fuck is going on here? So you don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to get into a ton of it, but of like $10 billion, man, really? 
So it's like you can't even make mistakes that you suffer for at this point is what you're saying. <laughs> if I um, may put in a very cheap plug for the Vice Lounge Online podcast, Always. we talk we talk thank you. I appreciate that because I was going to plug it anyway. <laughs> I mean I knowing full well that you have all uh, editing, I know, right? uh authority. So <laughs> there's just a long silent pause after that. <laughs> If I may put in a cheap plug for Vice Lounge Online, <laughs> crickets here. <Right. laughs> we talked about this uh, about three or four weeks back, and oh, the long right. and short of it is, yes, this, this subsidiary is going to start up with all of this debt, except that part of it is the way they've been able to offset the folks that own this debt. They're starting to get both ownership interest in this Caesars Entertainment operating company. So yes, they're taking control of something that's debt laden, but they've got super majority control over it. Plus they've been given uh, stock options in I believe the parent company, which has, which is a bit more liquid in nature so that they're, and again, all of this, I I don't want to bore our listeners that don't care about the legal lounge segment, but this is a way to try to pacify the debtors that are saying, hang on, we've invested, we bought into this debt, you got to find a way to try to make us at least partially whole again, W-H-O-L-E, partially whole again in what our investments were. So, um, no, I I have got incredibly positive feelings about what Caesars Entertainment is going to do now that they're out from underneath this, this dark cloud that has been the bankruptcy proceedings. And I say that because I got an email this week that I sent to my wife and it was fascinating, at least in this email that I got and, and Mark, I'll concede this is one casino out of all of the casinos <laughs> in Caesars Entertainment family, right. the horseshoe Southern Indiana, Horseshoe Hammond, Horseshoe Hammond, sent me an email that said, we're now going to start giving you free play credited back into your player's account once you hit 200 points on any slot or video poker machine in a given 24-hour period. And it's been a real long time since Caesars has done any sort of bounce back cash or or free play like this. And I love it. And I'll tell you why I love it, Mark. That is a locals play through and through. That's why people that that gamble at the locals casinos in Vegas play at those locals is because they get those sorts of perks back into their account. I love this. And if, if Caesars is smart, they will they will get themselves out of bankruptcy based on their total rewards database. So I have I have belabored that point. And, and they won't fucking buy any more casinos. I, I will be surprised. I'll make this statement right now. And this is a big, bold ba- statement that I got nothing to base it on. I will say by the end of this calendar year, there are two less Caesars-owned casinos in the United States. I don't know if that means they jettison the Rio. I don't know if that means they get rid of something like the uh, Horseshoe Baltimore. I'm just saying... At the end of the calendar year, I'm I'm calling it right now, folks. You heard it here first. I think there will be two less casinos as a part of the Caesars family. I'll, I'll piggyback on that. I would say outside of the Vegas Strip and any major city, if they've got anything in fucking Boston or outside of New York or some shit like that, basically any locals is, is for sale to the right person. 
Sure. Rio, fuck, they've been trying to sell Rio for as long as they've owned it. But yeah, almost any any market for the right price, they're they're selling. Vegas is pretty much the only thing, that, or the the Strip is basically the only thing that they're not. Nothing's for sale. I'd agree. I'd agree. All right. Eater Vegas is reporting that the 24-7 Cafe at Palms will close at the end of January for a full $2.6 million renovation. Plans are to reopen in the spring with a new menu. Uh, I Vegas. What the fuck's going to be on that menu for $2.6 million? Dollars. It's a cafe. And, yeah. and it was a nice one, too, at that. I mean, I, I, I haven't been there in a few years. I can't imagine it went to absolute shit within, like, the last two years. I, I don't... I don't Vegas has ruined my concept of money. Like, like I, <laughs> money. I, I, I hear like the lottery and shit, and like four million, eight million, ten million. I'm like, can't do shit with that. No, you can you can buy yourself a cafe right. in an off-strip hotel <laughs> casino. <laughs> but put it in perspective, though. Wynn only put one million dollars into Parasol up. That's a lounge, this is man. You know. <laughs> No wonder they haven't put new pictures up on their website. It's only $1 million. All they did was swap out the fucking chairs and a right. couple ashtrays. <laughs> they came in with the uh, with, with the, uh, the the Bissell carpet cleaners. <laughs> exactly. We and they bought shit. a couple of Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> Swapped out the drapes. What the fuck's the big deal? <laughs> This is disappointing news. Vital Vegas is reporting that the commissary at Downtown Grand is expected to close soon with plans to turn it into a space for an 18 and older or 18 years of age and older esports lounge. The commissary recently reduced its hours of operation to 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. daily and is no longer listed on downtowngrand.com's website. Yeah, so, Did so, you ever get a chance to eat there? Yes. It's nice. It was nice. It I, it, uh, it was our good friend Alistair. Alistair said, if you haven't been to the commissary, you got to check it out. Let's go get lunch there. That's funny. And we, we did went, it on we the last Alistair Vegas vacation trip. Yeah. Were, were, were we there together? We were not. It was just he and I. <laughs> I was going to say, because we went with Alistair as well to, to the commissary. It was nice. So it, the was, first, it was one of those. There's someone on suicide watch over in England right now <laughs> learning about this news. <laughs> Because apparently he was the only asshole taking people to the commissary. <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it was one of those places like on it, 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 it was it was a treasure that no one knew about. It's like if you would just go in there, like no, the commissary is really good. Just check it out. It's, it's disappointing. It never found its footing. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Nobody else is going over there anyways. Like fuck it, throw an esports lounge. Get it get it away from the casino. Yeah. Las Vegas Weekly announced a collection of new resident DJs that just signed with Win. They include Chainsmokers, Cedric Gervais, Dimitri Vegas, and Like Mike, Nikki, and other people. We have no idea. Uh, I, I'm, and I'm not even ashamed to admit that I've never heard of any of these people. Uh, I, I thought this was funnier when I started to write it, and I immediately wanted to abort not even halfway through the sentence. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that, you know what would have been awesome is if you would have just stopped, like, halfway through the second uh, bullet point been like we just partial birth abortion that shit right there we didn't we didn't even fucking care we 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 started we start we pushed it out and they were like no fuck it suck its brains out we're done with this shit <laughs> only on this show folks only on this show <laughs> it's fun when you can slide political commentary into a different vegas topic oh great <laughs> 
The Miracle Mile shops at Planet Hollywood happily welcomed the house of CB to its uh, retail offers. CB apparently is short for Covered Barely, as the images on their website seem to indicate that they sell clothes that women attach to their breasts with adhesives to cover the limited areas that they are designed to. What the fuck is the point of this store? What, what, like, where do you wear this shit? I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I actually kind of thought it was a little gross. I mean, I, I, I enjoy the female body, but when it starts to look like that, I mean, maybe it was just they had gross models, but it, it kind of looked like all those people that inject themselves with everything and, and have fake everything, and they're all round and plastic and puffy. And it was gross. Vital Vegas reminded us that Golden Nugget just launched their sports wagering app. And although I enjoy sports, uh, our interest rivals his own, as in we have none. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, because I have even less interest, signaling a true end to a legitimate career, whatever it was that he did, uh, we think it's modeling. It's being reported that Tyson Beckford is joining the Chippendales cast at Rio's full time. I don't have the fucking foggiest clue who Tyson Beckford is. Like this name literally means nothing to me. And he could walk up and whip his salami against my face. And I'd have (laughs) literally no clue who this guy was. You'd remember him. Other than now, I know it's him because he whipped his salami against my face. Right. But, uh, I, I, I'm vaguely, for, I'm pretty sure it was a model. I don't know. He might have been like a R&B singer or like an MTV personality. Or I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really care. He's in Chippendales now, full time, which I would say fully signals all he has left is that body. <laughs> right. God forbid he ever loses his fucking Planet Fitness membership. He is fucked. <laughs> One dollar down and ten dollars a month. I know. <laughs> How can you argue against that? I'll tell you what. I've got a Planet career. Fitness uh, membership, and it makes it a whole lot easier not going to the gym for ten dollars a month than it did when I was a member of the YMCA and I was paying sixty-five dollars <laughs> a month not to go. Well, I guess that's going to do it for news and prop bets. Let's move on to coming attraction. Attractions is a portion of the show where we share with you accent artists outside of the usual residencies that will be performing in Vegas in the future. This segment is brought to you by tickets.accessvegas.com. If you're going to a concert or events in Las Vegas or really anywhere in the world, treat yourself right by grabbing great premium seats at tickets.accessvegas.com. First up, Taylor Dane. She is performing at the Golden Nugget Friday, March 24th. Show starts at 8 p.m. and tickets start at $21. You know Taylor Dane? I don't. See, I thought you might have because she was in the 80s and it was kind of pop, so I thought it might have been in your wheelhouse. I think her her biggest... name sounds familiar. I, uh, you know what? I'll tell you Taylor what. While you're talking Mama. about the next one, I'm going to pop over to uh, iTunes Music and see if I know her. Yeah. All right. Well, Jim Brewer is performing at South Point Friday and Saturday, February 3rd and 4th. Show's going to start at 7.30 p.m. Tickets start at $35. And I know you're still looking it up. Next up, Sinbad is performing at the Orleans Friday and Saturday, February 3rd and 4th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $40. I have actually seen Sinbad in concert. Yeah. The guy puts on, a, well, okay, just to be clear, I saw 
Sinbad in roughly 2002-2003. And 15 years ago, he put on one hell of a (laughs) stand-up show. I'm sure he's still funny. I mean, I've seen him on TV. He was funny. Uh, I mean, like his stand-up shows. Right, 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 right. He came to the Soaring Eagle Casino, which is at Mount Pleasant, Michigan, and um, he was just wonderful. But caveat, we also, we being my wife and I, just went to see Jay Leno within the last probably four months. And while he is funny, Jay Leno is kind of phoning it in. He was telling, I shit you not, Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky jokes that he used in his monologue back in like, 1996, 1997, and I'm like, oh, Jay, oh, Jay come buddy, on, you are phoning it in. Yeah, you're loaded, buddy. Come on. You don't need to keep yes. doing this. Right. I mean, you've got enough money. Hire some folks to write some new jokes for you. Yeah, if you don't um, want to make oh, the effort, we're not saying you have to stop touring. Just fucking bring somebody right. in. I'm Clearly, this isn't a great about Yeah. So, Taylor Dane, here's what I know her best as, the song Tell It To My Heart. Of course, yeah. Yep. Yep. But she also sang Love Will Lead You Back. Yeah. I, I am familiar with those two. Like, just hearing them in my head, I, I quasi want to start singing them right now. But I won't. I won't. <laughs> Instead, I will tell you about Ace Freely and Lita Ford. They are performing at the Brooklyn Bowl in the Link Promenade Thursday, February 2nd. Show starts at 7, 7 p.m. and tickets are going to start at $35. Ween is performing at Brooklyn Bowl on the Link Promenade Friday through Sunday, February 17th through the 19th. Show starts at 6 p.m. Tickets start at $55. See, here's what I love about small venues like Brooklyn Bowl is that a band like Ween that has a very, you know, they, they've got, uh, it kind of kind of remind me of like, I, I could just name off a bunch of bands that you don't know much about, but bands that, that have a following. But they're not like a huge following. Like they're not going to fill up an arena or stadium or something like that. But you could pack them into a place that could, you know, that could seat like, you know, thousand people, twelve hundred people, eighteen hundred people, something like that. And they can do something like this. So they have a following. Just they're kind of that that in between. Like you know, they're way too big for like a nightclub, but you know, they're they're big enough for like a house of blues or some shit like that. So I, that's what I love about stuff like this. I really hope that something that I quasi care about is playing while we're doing Vegas uh, 360 Vegas Vacation 4 because I would love to have an excuse to buy a ticket to get into Brooklyn Bowl just to be able to see it for myself. I want to check this place out. I want to see the facility. I want to see the the size of it. We talk about Brooklyn Bowl on almost every week's podcast and and I haven't the foggiest clue Tony, what, Tony, what the place looks like. You're, you're 360 Vegas Tony. I'm sure they'll let you in. I, I, I'm sure if I dropped them an email, shared with them who I am, they would probably bring me backstage before Conlingus on Britney Spears. It'd be all weird, like going, guys, guys, calm down. I'm just like you. <laughs> right. Awesome. That's fantastic. All right. So Death Cab for Cutie is performing at the Chelsea Friday, March 17th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $25. That seems awfully inexpensive for Death Cab for Cutie. I thought it was very reasonable as well. I guess I don't know. what's How big is the Chelsea? Chelsea is, uh, I don't know, I mean, Bruno Mars was playing there for a while, so... uh, But that's my point. I mean, Bruno Mars certainly got 
far more than $25 for his tickets. My thought is, is the only reason to offer Death Cab for Cuties at $25 is if the facility is so large that they want to give the appearance of it being filled, so they undercharge the seats to just to get more bodies gonna, into it. Yeah, Yay, I'm nay? I guess it's like, I don't know, 1700 tops. Okay. Huh. So that's my guess. All right. Cool. All right. I'll accept that. Don't forget that you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all of the artists we report on coming attractions calendar on the blog. Let's move on to the river. All right, so before we get into the river, I've got a river of my own that you don't know about. Yes, a listener of the show. He is at Black Chip Diary on Twitter. His father is celebrating his 70th birthday this weekend, and he reached out to me on Twitter and said, my father's a scotch drinker, but he drinks Johnny Walker Black, which is a, let's just say, $30 bottle of scotch. He said, I want to treat my father to a nice bottle of scotch somewhere in the $125-ish dollar range. Can you help me out? Nice, nice. And so I recommended to him the Balvini 14-year, which is finished in a Caribbean cask. That is what he went out, and as of this weekend, when this is posting, uh, Black Chip Diary's father is celebrating his 70th birthday drinking this Balvini 14-year scotch based on uh, our recommendation, and that is what I have been enjoying this entire podcast. Nice. So, happy birthday to Black Chip Diary's father. Happy birthday, sir. We also have a a PayPal donation from a Rudy Nieto. He said, always a good time listening to the three of you, nor the two of you or the other three of you, or you get the picture. (laughs) And that is an incredibly kind thing to say, because you're right. You never know who's going to who's going to show up to podcast on any one of these shows. It's true. (laughs) And at least this time I remember to actually tell you why. God, I don't know how many times. I'll have people like send me a tweet or something like going, hey, why wasn't so-and-so on the show? Because all the, t- like Brian would take off for a while, Matt, you, Karen, anybody, and we'll not even mention it during the show. Just move forward because it honestly is. There's so many times that we first get on Skype and we'll just start talking. I'm like, stop, 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 stop. Let's just record and then we'll start talking. So it's literally just friends catching up and you completely forget that, you know, the script is li- literally just a guideline about things to talk about in between the other things that we'll just naturally talk about. I, I, I agree. Spot on. And I think one of the most fun podcasts that we've done was when we pulled Alistair into the show that we were recording at the time. I, I think Karen had something going on, but you wanted a third person or, or maybe a just pulled him in because he was available so there were all four of us i I can't remember now but i mean just it's fun i mean you've created such a cool community of individuals that you can tap into when you need them for for podcasting purposes it's 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 super cool and and rudy that's incredibly gracious of you to make a paypal donation thank you so much we it is not lost on us it's because here's the deal and i hate to say this mark and i will leave it to your editorial discretion to let take this part out we're going to do what we're doing, whether you folks make a PayPal donation or not. 
But the fact that you're willing to say, you know what, here's how I can best contribute to encouraging you to do what, keep doing what you're doing right. is this nominal gift is incredibly gracious. And, and I just, I, I keep thinking to myself, people are giving money to this podcast right. for a bunch of idiots that sit around and get drunk off from scotch or, or whatever <laughs> you're enjoying currently and, and hang out and have a great time together. Yeah, it, it is. It is very humbling. I, we, we could drone on about it forever, but you're hundred percent right. Every single time it's incredibly humbling. Anytime you support us, financially it's it's really cool i'm not saying that we don't believe that that the content that we create doesn't have a value but it's always that weird thing like going am i going to charge people for this no i don't want to do that so it's kind of it, it's it's that thing like listen i want to give this to you for free and you're like no i want to give you money for this like see that that to me is the perfect transaction something that's also cool is you've got a little bit of an update on our twitter poll yes inspired by our 360 vegas review of broadway burger at new york new york we came to you with a twitter poll what is your favorite burger place in vegas we gave you four choices broadway burger holsteins at cosmopolitan burger at uh planet hollywood gordon ramsay's place and burger bar at mandalay bay and you said 45 percent holsteins followed by 36% at Burger, 13 Burger Bar, and six Broadway Burger. Now, while my choice came in last, it still apparently deserved to be on that list because you were also told if your favorite wasn't listed, to simply reply with your choice, and I would keep track of those because apparently Twitter only lets you give like four options. That's why we were stuck with that because I, I was planning on throwing a shitload of them up there, but Twitter's like, eh, I don't think so. Now, while we did get a lot of separate replies none received more than two votes so you know broadway burger lost but kind of won they kind of won now <laughs> <laughs> this week's twitter poll what is your favorite fremont street attraction we're going to give you four options and the same situation uh, applies if if one of these don't really fit please feel free to reply to the to the tweet and i will keep track of those but the four we're throwing at you gambling options the Fremont Street Experience, and we're going to roll Slotzilla into that. Dining and museums. Again, you will have a week to share your opinion, and we will share the results on next week's show. All right, so I, I've got a couple of thoughts, if you'll indulge me. Of course. First of all, I don't engage in the Twitter poll, not because I don't want to, but because I don't want it to be impacted in any way, either just because I'm because I'm skewing the numbers, because I'm contributing a vote or because somebody sees how I vote and inherently wants to vote against me a la my wife will be like well fine fuck you uh, we hate that place um, I have not been to any of the four places that were a part of this particular uh, Twitter poll I was always a big fan you didn't join us for Broadway Burger that's right right no that yep because I was doing the interview with the with the Davidoff yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, owner i uh i am a big fan or was a big fan of apparently the cockroach laden blt burger over at the mirage yeah but i'll tell you a place that i think is a sleeping gem is the burger brasher place that's in between bally's and paris yeah yeah this is the second year in a row now that my uh wife and I and my brother-in-law have had uh, dinner there. They've got a Kobe burger that is only like $4 more than their regular run-of-the-mill burger. And the hamburger, I mean, the beef is just, it's 
out of this world. It's such a good burger. I would have, had I contributed, would have thrown in my two cents for um, uh, Burger Brasher. Now, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we've said, uh, you know, part of the, the rules was you couldn't vote on a place that didn't exist anymore and, and couldn't have been uh, off-strip. And when I mean off-strip, I mean uh, locals' places, basically. Sure, um, had to, sure. Had to be in a sure. casino in a place that we cover. So I agree. I, I think Broadway Burger is the third best burger I've ever had in Vegas, but the other two places don't exist anymore, which is KGB Burger and BLT. But um, ah, gotcha. I, yeah, I'll tell you, KGB Burger was was great. Jen and I ate there at least once, I think maybe twice, while while it was still open, and we were heartbroken that it uh, that it closed. But uh, as it relates to your options, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say what my vote would be, but I will tell you, you have made it very difficult to pick which one because every single one of these bullet points whether it's the gambling options the fremont street experience with uh, slotzilla the dining or the museums all deserve to be winners on in their own right i can't wait to see what the feedback is going to be from from our listeners because every single one of them as i say deserve to be a winner in their own way so what's going to trump the other one is it because you like the gambling or is it you like the cheaper yet high quality dining opportunities the museums are so fucking cool and i'm trying not to you know i'm trying not to sway anyone but the to be able to walk up and down fremont street and do slotzilla is it's 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 a different part of vegas it's it's what it would be like if the strip were closed to people and you could walk across the street without being run over by the dudes <laughs> i was very proud of myself for this because not only did the idea come to me but i took special care to create like it, the words that I used to create uh, these options, like gam- like I, I I was looking at like the, the type of games or the gambling limits or the proximity, and I was like, gambling options covers all those, so you can't go. Well, I like all the options, you know. But I I I was quite proud of myself just throwing the the general museums in there because yeah, you could say you know neon museum, the mob, no no, just all of all of those. Just throw, throw them all right. in there. So I, I agree. I was very proud of myself for this. I, I, I think I intentionally made four very difficult to choose from <laughs> options. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, and fortunately, I get a week to think about it to tell you which one I think <laughs> would be my answer. Because I really, I, I don't know. I do not know as of this moment which one I would cast my vote for. Nice. All right, so we got an email. And it comes from Shame Malides. He says, just dropping a line, listen to your podcast, and you recommended a book, Super Casino. Reading it now, fucking awesome, and thank you for the tip. Planning another trip into April, unfortunately, we'll be missing your events in May, but plans are already made for our trip. Love your work. Fuck off to anyone who says your laugh is too much, and keep up the great work. Cheers. You know what I was very nice. What I do love about our warning is knock on wood, or maybe we're just (laughs) the the law of averages. No one's bitched about my lap since we put that warning in there. I think the idea that you mock someone right off the bat, like one, I don't fucking care. Like if you don't like it, I don't care. If you like it, that's that's fine too. Either way, I, I just making the effort to write a specifically an iTunes review and saying something like that, like. I, I'm sorry. So there, there's content, there's language. We think rape is funny for some reason, and and it's the laugh. 
that 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 you can. <laughs> you, like, so that's many, what's across. So that cross, many cross things that you could warn people about, and it's the fucking laugh that you're like, listen, listen, uh, those things, you know, whatever, whatever. I don't, you know, right. what it kind of reminds me. Oh, shit, you haven't watched. Fuck it, I'm telling you anyways. So uh, there, there is in the most recent episode or season of South Park, uh, uh, Mr. Garrison is basically Donald Trump. He's trying to at first he's trying to get elected, then he's trying to not get elected, and he's starting to just <laughs> say things to uh, piss people off, and it's not working. Everybody's thinking that he's great, so he starts to say sexist things when he's on stage, these rallies to try and piss people off to get him to not vote, and then he would mock them for getting up. He goes, oh, oh, so all the throw the Arabs out of the country and the Mexicans, you know, that was all fine. He goes, but, you know, talk about your vagina and that's a big no-no. Okay, that's fine. I just want to know where the line was. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, that's fantastic. What it kind of cracks me up. Oh, oh, so, you know, spousal abuse and fucking rape and, and violence, you know, all that shit's fine. That, that's not a problem, but don't you laugh too loud. Don't you do it. All right, whatever. Thanks for making the line clear. I know that's for the life of me. I will never understand people who take, I mean, and again, I've said it before. I love the fact that you live rent free in some of these people's head because I just can't imagine the person that says, I hate this show so much specifically that assholes laugh that I will take the time to get onto iTunes (laughs) to write a negative review about it, as opposed to just clicking the unsubscribe button on Stitcher or, you know, whatever it is that you're listening to this, I, I, I just can't wrap my head around it, but to each their own, yep. it's, it's, it, you know what? It's the same. The other extreme is there are these awesome people like Rudy who will throw money at the podcast to say what you do is so fantastic. I want to show my support by financially supporting what you're doing. It's just, it's the same side of a different coin, I guess. Yep. Wait, no, hang on. It's the it's a different side of the same coin, I guess. <laughs> I like I was so ready to agree with you. Yes, that thing. Yes, that the, is exactly what whole it is. The coin thing. It, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I am all over that scotch bottle. It's the same side of this different scotch bottle. <laughs> well, listen, my friend, unless you can think of anything else fun that we can entertain the listeners with, I suppose we probably ought to close it down. I, I think I think what we have chosen to do, uh, it, it straddles the line between uh, entertaining. <laughs> So we should probably cut our losses and get the hell out of here. <laughs> Always leave them wanting more. <laughs> Same philosophy apparently I have with my wife in the bedroom. <laughs> I guess that's going to do it for episode 220. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. Support the show via purchasing things from our affiliate, Amazon, Season Entertainment, tickets.accessvegas.com, Earth Limos, or just make a PayPal donation like Rudy did. You can, of course, buy merchandise from our store, which is zazzle.com slash 360vegas. We do, of course, get a cut of those profits. Of course, you can always help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. And if you'd like to leave us some feedback, much like Shane did, you can do so at 360VegasPodcast at gmail.com. Tony, where can people find you? I am at 360VegasTony. He just told you where to find me, so until next time. (laughs) 